Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. As a church, we've been digging into a series where we've been talking about what it means to be a people of resilient faith. Can you say the word resilience with me? Resilience. Can you say it like you mean it? Resilience. I love it. But as we talk about resilience, we're talking about what it means to be a people of resilient faith. Resilience is this idea that when we face pressure and circumstances, we bounce back. That in fact, as we go through things, we don't end up worse off. We in fact end up better off because God in His grace is doing a deep work in us. In the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5, the Apostle Paul says, not only that, He's just been talking about how we are saved and how we are set apart and how we are renewed. He says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. That's not something I would often encourage even in myself, but there's, there's joy to be found in going through trials and allowing God to work in and through us in the midst of it. That we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Can you say that word endurance? Endurance. And endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Church, I want to talk about what it means to have strength to take ground today. I want to talk about this sort of endurance. And I understand that for some of us, endurance may not be an exciting term because it usually means that we've come to the end of ourselves and we're feeling it and we're feeling maybe the pain and the pressure. And, 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 and endurance is this idea that while we acknowledge the pain and the pressure and we don't ignore that, we actually choose to override that. It's amazing that our brains can choose to override even our bodies sometimes when we feel like we've come to the end of ourselves, even in exercise or and pushing ourselves, that, that we can choose to go even further because we can take charge. And I believe as a people, we are called to take ground with the type of strength that God develops through endurance. This word endurance in the original language can be translated as patience or steadfastness. Another dictionary says it's the characteristic of one who has not swerved from deliberate purpose. I like that one. Endurance is the characteristic of one not swerved from deliberate purpose. That we can live life by design. We can live life by our choices. We can live life by our choice and dedication to following Jesus, even in the midst of trials testings, suffering. Another dictionary says that endurance is the perseverance in the face of hostile forces. So this idea of endurance with resilient faith isn't just the idea that we push through. It's the idea that when we're faced with hostility, we persevere. That when we have opportunity to be swerved to the left or the right, we make the active, deliberate choice to purpose our lives, to take ground no matter what. That we are a people called in endurance to take ground with the strength that God provides. Endurance is a posture, it's a way of responding to situations and circumstances that would cause many to retreat, to pull back, to disengage. It's this idea that when faced with pressure, sometimes the automatic response is it's too hard. I don't have enough. 
But as we enter into those thoughts, we actually disengage from the strength that God would make available in the situation, in the circumstance, in the pressure, in the midst of the fire. He's the one who walks in the midst with you to call you through, not just to protect you, but to cause you to come through to the other side. You might smell like fire, but you don't look like you've been burnt. Because there is a courage that comes with those who choose to live their life with the type of resilience that says that God will provide the strength no matter what, as long as I'm willing not just to show up, but to press on, even in the face of hostility. You know, I'm inspired by the accounts of men and women throughout the Scriptures who one of the most dominant things is that they lived lives of resilient faith that they chose to live their lives, not just surrendered to God, not just committed to God, but willing to give of themselves in the extension of what God was doing in and through them. There's one person in particular that I wanted to unpack today who was considered the greatest king of Israel, who was considered the greatest king, not just because of what he did as a king, but what he suffered to become king that as we're introduced to this person who became the greatest king of Israel, he began his life as a neglected shepherd living on the outskirts of his own family. That as the prophet of God goes to his father's household to anoint the next king of Israel, that this man was relegated to the outskirts who was not considered good enough to be presented before the prophet of God that as this man was anointed as the next king, then had to go through a process of refinement and waiting where he chose to serve the king incumbent by giving his all and serving God, even though he inspired insecurity and attack and hostility. So this king became King David. And David is an amazing example of us, of somebody who endured through tough persecution, pressure, hostility and chose to honour God no matter what and chose to even honour those that God had placed around him who did not deserve honour. David chose to live with the type of endurance that was a steadfastness, that was a steadfast commitment and dedication to the direction of life that he was being led in by the Spirit of God. David inspired strength to take ground. So not only did he live it, but he inspired it. One of the most amazing things about the life of David is that he was able to practice this life that took ground, but in that he drew to himself those that had been disenfranchised, distressed, in debt, dislocated from their call. And as these people came to David from the fringes of society, he caused them to become mighty ones who did amazing things in battle. This idea of endurance, this steadfast strength is not just an inspiration for us to live out, it's something for us to give and empower others in. Some of the most amazing people in my life are people who not only champion, but stand with and propel forward. That as a church, we are called to be that type of people that stand with but propel forward so that we can take ground together. There's an account in the Scriptures in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 23, verse 13 to 17, that I just want to unpack today about what it means to live life with strength that takes ground. It's an account where David is in the midst of the process of becoming king of Israel, is having to endure 
and not give up. And he's gathered around him these disenfranchised who have been inspired by his example to become more than they ever were, to reach and take hold of the call and the gift and the grace of God on their life to do amazing things. In the account of 2 Samuel, David is locked up. He is not in his ideal situation and event. He's holed up in a cave and the enemy has occupied his homeland. Bethlehem, his place of birth, the place that is his home is now occupied by an enemy force. And presented with the opportunity to give up or persevere, we find in 2 Samuel 23, 13, talking about three of the people who had gathered around David, three of the people who grabbed hold of the same strength to take ground as him. It says this, and three of the 30 chief men went down and came about the harvest time to David at the cave of Adullam, when a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of the Rephaim. David was then in the stronghold and the garrison of the Philistines was then at Bethlehem. And David said longingly, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. So David's home had been encroached by the enemy. And as it had been encroached, it had been encamped. And as it had been encamped, it had been occupied. And now David was no longer able to enjoy what was his birthright, the ability to enjoy the water from the wells in Bethlehem. He was an outsider looking in to the promises that God had already given him. Verse 16, Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried and brought it to David. But he would not drink it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went at risk of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. See, David inspired others with the strength to take ground over great odds. Three of these people who had been disenfranchised, in debt, lost, dislocated from their call, happened to overhear the longings of their king. And they didn't just hear it and move on. They didn't just follow it away. They, they heard it and it became a motivating force in their life. They broke through the enemy's lines. They busted through to draw water from the well in the midst of great attack, at great risk to their lives, all for the sole purpose of coming back so that they could present the water from the well to their king who knew that the only one who deserved this type of sacrifice and lifestyle was God Himself and took that as an offering and poured it out to God. See, the strength to take ground is something that God's people are called to as they hear the heartbeat of their King. I believe as a church that we are called to endure, not just to go through, but to overcome not just to show up, but to take over. Not just to acknowledge that the enemy is there, but to press against, to push back, to encroach upon the enemy, to defeat the enemy, to occupy the land. Even the enemy would seek to occupy in our lives. There are birthrights on your life. 
There is a call of God on your life. There is a promise on you that God in His goodness desires for you to live out and fulfil. And I know that for many of us, it feels like the enemy has encroached upon it that the enemy has just come in from the edges bit by bit. And all of a sudden we look around and we see that what was our birthright has now been encamped about by the enemy. And it's so easy to be caught up in the overwhelm. They think, where do I begin? How do I get through? Where do I even start? The enemy is so locked in that for many of us, that's the opportunity where we might even disengage. We might choose to pull back, where we might choose to say, well, fair enough, enough is enough. But the heart of God is for us to endure and endurance is this idea that in the midst of hostile forces, we persevere. And the key is to hear the heartbeat of your King. And who is your King? And if you hear the heartbeat of your King, are we willing to persevere through? I believe as a church, we are called to endure. Not just to go through, but to take over. And I believe with all my heart that those who endure make a way. Those who endure make a way. So there's three mighty ones, these three people who had been disenfranchised, dislocated, distressed, overheard the longings of their king. And they didn't take a strategic meeting. They didn't plan and process what they were going to do next. They responded to the heart of their king and they used that as the motivation to push through. You know, I'm inspired by this idea that those who endure make a way. There's another David, who has inspired me greatly, a man named David Livingston, who in the 1800s was a Scottish physician and missionary who had a heart to go into the unexplored regions of Africa to reach people for the gospel of Christ, as well as ministering to physical living needs. His desire was to go into places that no one had gone before from other countries and to reach and meet people where they were at and champion them for who they are and who God has called them to be. David Livingston became a living inspiration for a generation of missionaries who heard of his accounts and his boldness, how he overcame lion attacks, how he was able to overcome sickness and distress how he was able to encourage and inspire because he carried with himself a heart of endurance that said in the midst of hostility, he would persevere, that he would not be deviated from the direction of life that God was leading him in. And there's an account in the life of David Livingston where friends from the London Missionary Society wrote to him and they said, we would like to send other men to you, which is a good thing. It's a good thing to know that you're not alone. It's a good thing to know that there are others willing to stand with you. So we would like to send other men to you. But they put in their letter a question. It was a question that was important for the other men. It was a question that was important for those that were living in London at the time. It was a question that was important for those living in a more civilised part of the world. The question was, have you found a good road into your area yet? Which seems very pragmatic. Seems like that would be a good response. That we want to send people to you, but we want to know that they can get to you. David Livingston wrote back, if you have men who will only come, if they know there is a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there is no road at all. 
Isaiah 43:19 says, Behold, God speaking, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So those who endure find a way. You and I are called to partner with the Holy Spirit, to not take no for an answer, to see God make a way where others might even say it's impossible. It can't happen. Why would you put yourself through that? See, it's so easy to live our lives by the criticism and the commentary of those around us rather than the Word of God Himself that might even wake us up at night to call us out of our comfort, to call us out of the things that we think we need and to show us that there's something that's even more important. You can take ground. You are called to take ground in your life. You are called not to accept the encroachment of the enemy. You are called as God leads you to see God make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way, to trust that God in His grace would not lead you anywhere unless He is making a way before you that others might say, there's no way through, there's no road. Why would you step out into this? But you in your heart, knowing with endurance and a strength that says in the midst of hostility, I will not pull back. You press on and take hold of the promises that Christ Jesus has purchased for you. You are called to take ground. Your life is called to be lived in a way where you take ground no matter what, even if it seems like there isn't a way. You're called almost to tune out the criticism and the commentary. There was seek to limit, there was seek to distract, there was seek to discourage. You're called to have the type of endurance that the Strong's Dictionary says, the characteristic of one who has not swerved from deliberate purpose. That deliberate purpose is what causes us to have the strength to, to take ground no matter what. Those who endure, make a way. Those who endure, break through the enemy's camp. See, Bethlehem was David's home. I don't know about you, but it would have been devastating to see my homeland ruled, ravaged, occupied by the enemy to know that I could not access the things that were my birthright. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when presented with hostility and opposition, it's so easy to shut down, to maybe even pull back, to maybe even say that this isn't a fight for me. But endurance in resilient faith says that it is the heart of God for us to break through the enemy's camp. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That the church is called to storm the gates of hell itself. That we do not tolerate and accept the assignments of the enemy to cause people to live life distressed, lost, distracted and dislocated from the mandate that God has for them. We're called to be a people who endure and in our endurance we break through the enemy's camp. There's another small battle that's, encountered in the Scriptures in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 10, where we see David preparing to lead the people to a victory. And we see this heart of endurance come through. We see how David modelled what it means to inquire of God, to seek God in life and to see God's victory come through. It says this in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 10. And David inquired of God, 
Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up and I will give them into your hand. And he, David, went up to Baal Perazim and David struck them down there. And David says, God has broken through my enemies by my hand. God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a bursting flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perazim, which means the God who breaks through. See, for the God of breakthrough to work in and through our lives, David acknowledges the reality. It is God who caused the breakthrough, but it was by David's hand. That we are invited as a people who choose to endure with resilient faith to see the breakthroughs that God has available for us. Because it is God who causes the breakthrough, but He wants to do it by your hand. He wants to do it by your hand. He wants to do it by your hand. It is God who causes the breakthrough. It is God in His goodness by His Spirit that is leading you to take back the enemy's land that is encroached onto your life, that has stripped you even of your birthright, your mandate, your calling, the things that God has set apart in you, your gifts and the grace that is desperately needed in this world. And it is God's desire to cause that breakthrough to come through you. That it is by your hand that you in fact are called to live with the type of endurance and strength and courage and character and steadfastness that grabs hold of the promises of God and puts them into action. That doesn't just pray prayers, but lives prayers. That doesn't give lip service and commentary to the things of God, but lives it out by the way that you act and show up in the world around you. You are called to break through to the enemy's occupied territory because you are called to be one who endures. The breakthrough came from God, but it was by David's hand. Romans 16, 20 says this, for the God of peace, the God of peace. For some of us, we think that peace is this idea of compromise and everything just being nice, but peace in the heart of God is everything as it should be in His will. Everything as it should be in His will, which means the complete utter destruction of the assignments of the enemy. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. We are called to be a people who live out the type of life that says, we minister and live with a God of peace who desires nothing more than to crush Satan under your feet. As you live it out, as you walk it out, it is God who causes the breakthrough. It is your foot that does the stomping. Do not pull back. Do not hesitate. Do not wait for permission. The call of God is there. Those who endure, make a way. Those who endure, Break through the enemy's camp. Finally, those who endure, give their all to their King. Let me just read this final Scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. We recall in the presence of our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labour motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, hope is such an elusive thing. It's something that you almost feel like you wake up with sometimes or it's dependent on so many other things feeling like they're going right in our lives. But hope here is this idea of placing it in 
and on the right thing. That some of us have maybe hope in our work, but if our work isn't working and we have a tough day, everything falls down. For some of us, we maybe place our ultimate hope in those closest to us, but we have to realise that those closest to us can't honestly fulfil every single thing in our heart because God has placed eternity in our hearts and we desperately need a living, breathing relationship with the living God. For some of us, our hope is even placed in our comfort or in having our desires met. But when those are not met, then we live life without hope. But here in this Scripture, we are challenged to live a life where in our endurance, we put our hope in Jesus. The ultimate, the greatest, the one who will never let us down, the King who calls us to pick up His longings for our lives and overhear them like the three overheard David's longings and to storm the gates of hell and advance and take ground. We're called to be a people who take ground no matter what. It's interesting here that we see that we have endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. See, He's called Lord because He's King. He's called Lord because He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's called Lord because He is worth us living a life where He is the priority. In a world where we don't live with lords but ourselves often, the key to a life that breaks through, the key to a life that has the strength to take ground is that we put our hope in the right thing and we recognise that Jesus deserves to be Lord because of His love, because of His goodness, because of His grace, because He is who He is. All of us need to live our lives where we're willing to surrender. We can surrender to the situations and circumstances around us. We can surrender to the criticism and the commentary that would seek to cause us to pull back. We can live our lives where we surrender to opinions and to unmatched desires, or we can live our lives surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus who is calling us to be everything that He's placed in us. The Lord Jesus Christ, having hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, that name literally means salvation or God's salvation. See, the amazing thing about Jesus is Jesus is God who came and lived in human flesh. Jesus is God with us the hope of glory. Jesus is God who engaged with us where we're at. He knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to feel a sense of abandonment and loss. He knows what it feels to live because He Himself lived. He lived so that He could stand with us in our pressures, in our trials, in our temptations even, and so that we could have one to follow who knew what it means to live in this broken world that He is not only worthy for us to give our, our desire and surrendering to because He is Lord, but He is Jesus, God with us. God who loves you so much, He engages with you where you are at. That Jesus in His heart does not turn His back from you. He is calling you up and out and He will meet you wherever you're at. That this is the one that we have hope in, the Lord Jesus Christ. I used to think that Christ was His last name. I used to think that that was his, his family name. It's not, it's not. Christ means the anointed one. The anointed one, the empowered one. The one who can do all things. The one who has in Him the breakthrough that we desperately need. 
So we have our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the idea that only in and through Him is the empowerment that we need to live life, not just to the full, but a life that breaks through. Awaken City, we are called to be a people who endure. We are called to be a people who have the strength to take ground. We are called to be a people who do not accept the criticism and commentary around us, but see beyond and tap into the mind of Jesus Himself that is calling us up and beyond to see and embrace this idea that if this Word is true, that we are called to spring into the new season, that we see that as a living reality, not something that we give lip service to, not something that we hear and have it pass through, but that we grab hold of and we live it out because the One who has called us is faithful and true. In everything that we do, we draw strength from the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a verse that's popular for most sporting teams in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's one of the most powerful sentiments to get into our lives. But in the context of that Scripture, the writer of that portion of Scripture, a man named Paul, wasn't writing it just to inspire sporting teams. He was writing it to inspire us in our day-to-day lives. And here's what he was saying. In the context of that portion of Scripture, He's saying, I know what it's like to feel like I'm suffering. I know what it's like to go through loss. I know what it's like not even to have enough at times. I know what it's like to feel like I don't have enough in me. I know what it's like to feel like I'm at wit's end. I know what it's like to feel like I'm living on fumes. And I also know what it's like to live above and beyond. I know what it's like to live on the mountaintops. I know what it's like to live with a confidence and an expectation that I can bust through. He knows it all, like we do too. But He says in the reality of it, He grabs hold of this idea, He can find strength. Who? Through Jesus Christ who strengthens Him. And I wanna say to us, church, as we are called to take ground, as we are called to spring forth into the new, that it is Jesus who wants to strengthen you. And we have the choice today to choose where we draw our strength from. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.